goodness, sit down, sit down. Everyone calm down. Never, ever, ever miss a Friday show, ever, ever. You never want to miss a Friday show. Oh, my goodness, Justin Garcia is here, and I am beside myself. Can't wait to talk basketball with Justin. And as he is our uh, jam band correspondent, we like to call him, I think he's going to have some music recommendations for us today, too, which I very much always look forward to. If you hate it, well, he's going to talk Bucks with us as well. From the Bucks Radio Network, he's in that building every day. Going to get the inside scoop from Justin. I'm very excited. A couple of things that went down this week that I want to talk about before we get into the Bucks and the Badgers and the Packers and to Justin. Big holiday yesterday. Yesterday was Groundhog Day. All right, February 2nd, surrounded by his top hat wearing crony. Do you ever see the pictures of Pucks Tony Phil? It's unbelievable. He came out of his burrow in Gobbler's Knob, which is an amazing name for a town or a neighborhood. And he saw his shadow, which means six more weeks of winter. Terrible news. Just absolutely terrible. But even worse news, hundreds of miles away in Milwaukee, Hank the dog emerged from his doghouse proceeded to piss on a snowbank, thus predicting six more years of Christian Yelich at $26 million a year. Oh, I'd rather have winter 24-7 than deal with that. That's absolutely terrible. Hank the dog, uh, a, pro- a prognosticator, is that the word I'm looking for? A prognosticator in and of himself. And finally, for you film buffs out there, the film 80 for Brady premieres today. It looks quite good. Stars Jane Fonda, Sally Fields, Rita Moreno, and Lily Tomlin. They play four lifelong friends who travel to Houston to see their hero, Tom Brady, play in the Super Bowl in 2017. It's so wholesome. Now, the film has got great reviews. I'm seeing a lot of good buzz. And apparently, there are already multiple spinoffs in the work. Yeah, they're getting to work quickly. Like this one I saw called 80 for the Kohl Center. Now, it's a little bit misleading because unlike the original film, the title of 80 for the Kohl's Center doesn't describe the age of the stars, but rather the average age of fans at a Badger basketball game. (laughs) I had to. I had to make that joke. We got a great show. Last time I went to um, Chick-fil-A, got the nuggets, but now tomorrow I think I'm going to go to uh, Culver's. I'm going to get 50 cheeseburgers and... uh, I'm going to try to eat as many as I can. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. I almost took Giannis's advice today. I almost went to Culver's. I'm in Madison today. The beautiful WOZN Studios, our affiliate here in Madison. And I thought on my way, maybe I'll get some Culver's. But I thought, no, I'm going to be... Be a little thrifty today. I'm gonna save a little money. I have been splurging this week. I got some concert tickets. I had to pay rent. Let's let's be reasonable, Grant. Let's save our money a little bit. I went to McDonald's and I love McDonald's. I don't go there often. I don't go there multiple times a week, but I no quarrels with McDonald's, except the McChicken is now like $239. When did that happen? When did they sneak that past us? Maybe it happened a long time ago. Maybe I just don't pay attention to how much money I spend. I should have just gone to Culver's for that price. I should know better as a Wisconsinite. Just get a butter burger. If I'm spending $2.39 on a value menu item, I might as well go to Culver's. Get some cheese curds. What an all-time bag fumbling by Chick-fil-A, by the way. Giannis in a press conference saying, hey, I love Chick-fil-A, and they're my favorite place, but I tell you what, they didn't give me any free food. Culver's stepped up today. Culver's said, hey, free food, and then they donated a bunch of money. Um, what was the foundation? Some foundation or some organization Giannis works with. 
So young mothers, uh, underprivileged mothers can have diapers. And Culver's made a big donation to that. Well done, Culver's. Taking an L is Chick-fil-A and taking another L is McDonald's because the McChicken is now $2.39. And it's a little steep on my wallet. I'm like, sheesh. This is like a gourmet meal. And don't get me wrong. It tastes like a gourmet meal. I love a McChicken, but it's not supposed to cost the same price as a gourmet meal. Anyways, that's talking fast food. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. I hope you're having an outstanding Friday and your week is coming to a nice close. Justin Garcia, a late addition to the rundown. Uh, and by late addition, I mean around 345, he texted me about the Kyrie Irving deal and we were joking about it. And I was like, hey, do you just want to come on? You just want, we might not even talk about the Kyrie Irving thing, but we can talk Bucks. They had arguably their biggest win of the season last night. It was certainly the game that I enjoyed the most so far of this Bucks season. Take that for whatever you want to take it. I think we all watch regular season NBA a little differently, and I think we watch college basketball differently. We all watch the Packers differently. But last night was probably my favorite win, at least in a while. The Bucks down 21, came back to win 106-105. So we're going to talk to Justin about that. I want to talk Badgers basketball because they got back to, I'm not going to say back to a winning streak, but they got back to winning. Been a while since we felt that. They beat Ohio State 65-60 to last night in Columbus. We're going to talk about that. And I got some new things to say about Aaron Rodgers because we really didn't talk about Aaron Rodgers much yesterday. We had Mike Clements on and, you know, we talked to Little Packers, but we did an hour on MJ versus LeBron, which was really fun. It was fun to do something a little different yesterday and mix it up just a bit. So more time for Packers tonight. And I would love to have you on 608-321-1670. Different phone number tonight. If you're used to texting the show, you can keep doing that. I got my laptop and I can take your text. But if you want to call 608-321-1670. I want to start with the Bucks and then get into the Badgers because I feel like more people are going to want to talk about the Badgers. So we'll start with the Bucks, then we'll go Badgers, and then we'll probably stick with the Badgers for a while. I had to watch the Bucks at a bar last night. It was terrible. It was the it was the worst. It sucked. It was. I mean, I got my favorite spot at the bar and was having my favorite drink. I had the big the biggest TV in the building right in front of me. I didn't have to turn my neck or my head, and I was just it was almost too much. It was the it was great. I loved it. Giannis scores 54. He looks so comfortable in the fourth quarter. I think that's what what my biggest takeaway was watching this game. When they were down 20, Giannis's process never really changed. His approach never really seemed to change. His attitude, he just remained stable. He just remained calm, easygoing, and he was doing his thing. And slowly but surely, possession by possession, Giannis was just reeling the Clippers in. It was like in his head, he's like, okay, we have, you know, 18 minutes of play left. I'm going to get a possession here, get a possession here, give up a bucket. Now we're going to get one back. The the great example for when a coach says, you can't get it all back at once, right? When, it, when a team is trailing, whether it's football or basketball, and the color commentator always says, no, you can't get all the points back at once, right? Shot by shot, slow, methodical offense. It was really fun to watch Giannis in the second half. It reminded me of... A quarterback, it reminded me of Brady or Mahomes when they get the ball down six and there's four minutes left in the fourth quarter and they just go on that surgical drive, very calm, cool, and collected. Doesn't look like they're dealing with stress or anxiety about the high stakes. They're just doing their thing because that's what they do. We've seen Mahomes do it a bunch. We've seen Brady do it for 20 years. That's what Giannis reminded me of last night. Very slow, very methodical, just reeling in the lead slowly but surely, not trying to get all the points back at once. Right, not freaking out when the Clippers would put in a bucket here or there. Although the Bucks scored a lot more in the second half, the Clippers got buckets too, and you thought, ah, eh, maybe they don't have enough. 
Maybe the Clippers are going to barely hold on, and the Bucks just kept churning, kept reeling in the Clippers and reeling in that lead. Yesterday, I talked about the Bucks and how I want them to go into the playoffs with a certain mindset. Right, certain mindset. Because you, you watch the Cavs. The Cavs just play with more juice right now. They're younger. They're more athletic. They're more motivated to win random regular season games. I'm not going to say they're trying harder. I don't want to say that. I don't want to accuse a professional sports team of being tryhards. That's that's not what I'm saying. But they're younger. They're unproven. They're growing. They have more energy. Celtics, much of the same. Right? Unproven. Now, they've been to a conference finals. They've been to a finals, but still haven't won anything. It's not like Tatum and Brown have MVPs. There's no pelts on, on their wall, so to speak. Jalen Brown snubbed as an all-star starter. Can't believe that happened. God, I'm so angry about it. Right? There's other teams in the East that have a little bit more moxie in the regular season and look like more dangerous teams, right? And the Bucks just aren't going to look like that. They've been paid. They're older. They got kids. They've won a title. It doesn't mean the Bucks can't contend and compete, but it's not going to look the same. It's not going to look like some of these younger teams in the East. And when the Bucks get into the playoffs, I want them to have a certain attitude, a certain approach. Like, can you believe these Look at losers in Boston? They're so focused on trying to win 60 games and set all these offensive records and win awards. Remember when we did that back in 2018? <laughs> yeah. Oh, so long ago. I remember my first beer. Like that kind of mentality, that kind of attitude. That's how I want the Bucks to feel about the Cavs or about the Celtics or maybe the Sixers, although I, that's a little bit of a different example. Games like last night go a long way in contributing to that type of attitude or that type of approach. Right, Games like last night where they came back from 21 down to beat the Clippers. Chris Middleton really didn't play that much. Drew Holiday did not play that well. They're able to win that game on the shoulders of Giannis. Games like last night go a long way for the Bucks going into the playoffs with the correct mentality and attitude. That attitude that I want them to have. Oh, I remember my first beer. I remember when we tried as hard as the Celtics did in January. <laughs> right, almost, almost thinking less of the opponent. Not... Not disrespecting the opponent, not underestimating the opponent, but, I don't know, those mind games, the way that you view your opponent, the way you view yourself. And all of the Bucks players on this roster get to go into battle with Giannis next to him. Giannis, who scored 53 times twice in the last however many days. Like, if I'm Chris Middleton or Drew Holiday or Wesley Matthews or Brooke Lopez, I can go into a playoff series against Boston with a certain cockiness. And say, yeah, these guys are, are young and they got fire and they're eager to prove themselves, but they don't have what we have. They don't have Giannis. They don't have a guy who can do that. And and there is something to be said for just plainly having the best player in a playoff series. As a, as a long, tried and true way of predicting NBA playoff series. If you have the best player in the series, a lot of the time you're going to win. Not always, but a lot of the time. And the Bucks are going to have that trump card. It would seem at least in every Eastern Conference series that they're going to play. I really love Embiid. I really love Donovan Mitchell. I, I mostly love the Mitchell-Garland combo. Jason Tatum is very good. I still think there's only one Giannis. And you see how Patrick Mahomes' teammates, for example, feed off of him and battle for him and fight for him. You see their reaction. They could not wait to smack talk on Patrick Mahomes' behalf after the game. They were, they were chomping at the bit to say, oh, you called it Burrowhead? You think your guy's better than our guy? The Bucks feel the same way. They get to feel the same way about their guy in Giannis. And I think that's important. I think that's really powerful and, and feeds into this idea that we've kind of been chasing, that we want the Bucks to get into the playoffs and, and almost laugh off the opponents that are younger. I remember my first beer. That's the best way I think can, I, I can articulate that. 
Let's talk about the Badgers. They won last night. 65 to 60. I felt like I watched three different games. The Bucks, or, or rather, the Badgers jumped out to this huge lead, and it kind of felt like maybe the game was over. And then it got a little closer, and you thought, okay, no, we got a game. And then Ohio State's coach got thrown out, and the score at halftime was, let me pull up my box score here, 43 to 27. And at that moment, I'm like, yeah, it's probably over. So it went from being over to not over to over. And then Ohio State reeled in the Badgers slowly but surely over the second half. And if the game was three minutes longer, Wisconsin doesn't win. But it wasn't three minutes longer. I I love saying that, by the way. We didn't lose. We just ran out of time. It's probably what Ohio State is thinking. But, alas, nuts, candy and nuts. It felt like the Badgers won and lost that game three or four different times last night. It was a bizarre game. It was very entertaining to watch. Badgers didn't make a shot in the final seven minutes and 18 seconds. Not great. A lot of people are poo-pooing this win. Between now and 6 o'clock, I actually want to try to convince myself that this win is a huge deal. And it's awesome. And it shows us this, that, and the other thing about why the Badgers are great and why Greg Gard is totally back and why Tyler Wall totally hasn't become a shell of himself and Connor Seijan is coming into his own and Chucky Hepburn is him. Right? Like Over the next hour and a half or so, I, I really want to convince myself that this win was huge last night. I thought Greg Gard answered the bell. I thought he had his team ready to play. They came out. They had a ton of energy on defense. They had a ton of energy on offense. Crisp, executing, no turnovers. Ohio State turned the ball over over and over and over again last night. Probably what Ohio State fans are saying today. Probably the biggest reason that they lost was the turnovers. Wisconsin came out focused and clear and energized. And they hit shots, which helps. It helps a lot. The NBA is a make or miss league. The Big Ten in, in a lot of ways. In all levels of basketball. It's about making or missing shots. I thought Greg Gard answered the bell last night. And we've talked about Greg Gard a lot. And the Greg Gard gauge is electric. Badgers fans look forward to it after every game. It's constantly being updated with new, new information from Badgers fans. I was watching last night with Greg Gard in mind. And I doubt I, I was the only one. I think we're all watching this team and thinking, okay, well, what does Greg Gard do well? Why do we love Greg Gard? How can we see his coaching at work, right? Not because we're wanting him fired or anything like that, but the team is on a slide. When the Packers went on a slide this year, we're like, Matt LaFleur, what do you got? What do you you got up your sleeve? What kind of tricks do you have? What kind of adjustments do you have? Two things I liked from Gard last night. One was the energy right from the jump, and we just talked about that. Team came out and was focused, was crisp. They executed well, and they hit their shots. One might make the case that those are connected. One might make the case that hitting shots is slightly related to focus and related execution and being in the right place at the right time. Maybe it's not all luck. Maybe it all does go hand in hand. So the team came out ready to play. I put that on Greg Gard. And another thing I put on Greg Gard. How do I want to word this? We always say it's hard to win in this league, or I always say it's hard to win. It's hard to win in the NFL. It's hard to win in the Big Ten. It's hard to win in this league, right? We always say that. I also think, if that is true, and I believe it to be true, it's hard to win in this league, it is also then easy to lose in this league, right? And I think against Iowa earlier this year, we saw an example of how easy it is to lose. Fran McCaffrey, if you lose your mind and almost get thrown out and hand a couple of points to Wisconsin, you are losing the game. You are blowing it for your kids, for your players. It's easy to lose in this league. We saw it with Fran McCaffrey in Iowa. And then last night, as Ohio State's coach is melting down, multiple technicals, he gets tossed, it's a whole thing, and the game felt over at halftime. It felt over, it felt done. As Connor Seijan put all four of those free throws in and the Badgers are going in, and they got a big lead at halftime again, the halftime score was 43-27. to I said, that's done, it's done. 
And it felt like the Ohio State coach had a very similar role in that loss. Very similar to Fran McCaffrey. It's easy to it's easy to lose in this league. And Greg Gard has shown that he's not going to lose a game for his team. He's not going to lose his cool, make it about him and really put his team in a bad spot. Other coaches have. It's easy to lose in this league. It's hard to win. Greg Gard has shown that just by not losing games, he's winning more than other coaches. Does that make sense? It's a little bit of a word salad, but I was thinking about how other coaches have really blown it against Wisconsin this year. And part of winning is not losing. Just don't be the coach that loses it. Just don't be the team that loses it. And as a result, you're going to win a lot of games. Belichick and other NFL head coaches said a lot of the games in the NFL are lost, not won. Think of the Big Ten similarly. Fran McCaffrey lost a game for his team last night, Ohio State, much of the same. 608-321-1670 if you want to join the show. Talk Badgers, talk Bucks. If you have an Aaron Rodgers take, I'll take you as well. Justin Garcia is coming up at 430. We're going to talk Bucks. Can't wait for that, and we'll get some musical recommendations from Justin as well. Happy Friday. You don't want to miss a Friday show, so don't go anywhere. Wisco Sports Show back in three minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Happy Friday. Never want to miss a Friday show. I'm glad you're here. I'm on Twitter at Wisco Grant. Our upcoming guest who will join us in about 10 or 15 minutes, Justin Garcia from the Bucks. He's on Twitter at TMJ Garcia. Go ahead and follow him preemptively. Let's go flood his socials. You can call and text the show 608-796-2558. Talk to little Bucks, little Badgers. I'm sure we'll get to the Packers before too long. Let's go to the phones. Like I said, new number today. We're hanging out in Madison at WOZN 608-321-1670. Welcome to the Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Ah, Mike in Windsor. What's going on? Happy Friday. Happy Friday, man. Hey, uh, let's talk Kyrie for a second. Sure. Does he have a market outside of Los Angeles? (sighs) That's interesting. Um, hmm. Uh, I say no. Okay, well, I don't don't know if you saw this, Mike, and here's another interesting wrinkle. Because Kyrie has requested a trade, now all these other teams are actually more interested if Kevin Durant is now going to request a trade. I, I saw that. I don't remember which NBA guy had it today, but... He said that the reaction to the Kyrie trade request has actually been more KD centric. So it's like, oh, you you broke up with your boyfriend. Is your friend single? Like we we were actually more focused about the other guy. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't think he has much of a market outside of Los Angeles. Um, I, I do think the Lakers. It could be a good pick for them. I think that him and LeBron and AD work together. Um, now, I, I think on the on the other boat, he just blows up every organization he ever goes to. Um, so I think that, you know, there's obviously faults for it, but you have to look at it from a perspective that LeBron's old. He yeah. wants one year, two years. Like, he doesn't want a four-year contract. He wants to win now, and he knows that he can win with Kyrie more than Russell, and then that's true. I wonder if this was started by LeBron at all. You know what I mean? Like, I, yeah, yeah. Maybe it's maybe he heard that we were discussing him on the Wisco Sports Show, and that finally pushed him over the top. They finally did a segment about he about me. He said, "Wow, they're 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 debating MJ versus me on the Wisco Sports Show." All right, it's time to really make some moves. I need I need some teammates here. He probably looked at my Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's he tweeted yeah. the eye emoji with the crown today, and I'm like, they got to be in cahoots here. They have to be. Right. So, um, yeah, let's uh, shift to Greg Gard. I, Greg Gard, man, it's, 
I, I think that your Kamala Harris word salad um, made a lot of sense, but I would like to kind of add to this a little bit. Greg Gard is not back. Okay, Greg Gard won two out of the three last two of three last Big Ten championships. Yeah. Co Co won one of them. He's not back. Okay, there's no coming back. Like he's just Greg Gard. He's a solid coach. Like you said, he doesn't lose games. Yes. Yes. Therefore, therefore wins more. Yes. And he has the nostalgic, good, solid coach. I think that what needs to more so happen is the Badgers just need to establish more of a recruiting standpoint when it comes to basketball. And I think that it will flow in after this hire of Luke Fickle. I think Luke Fickle will make a huge impact, not just in football. I think it'll make an impact within athletics in general. I look at this Badgers team and I just, I'm a little underwhelmed by the talent. I know that's, I'm Captain Obvious, Mr. I know that's hardly groundbreaking, but there's not a lot of great players on this team. I think the players at the top have underperformed, which means we look at the depth and we're more critical of Carter Gilmore type players on the roster, but there's not a lot of great players, but that's the work of Greg Gard and his recruiting staff, right? So that in the end also comes down to Greg Gard and the coach, the coaches. I think the recruiting staff needs to be looked at, you know, a little further. And I think that it needs to obviously be beefed up. And maybe it just is an issue of money. I don't I don't think it is, but it could be. Um, but I, I think that recruiting obviously needs to take a, a straw poll there. What do you see when you watch Tyler Wall? I thought Zach and Jesse did a really good breakdown of him on the swing. I, I'm going to give you a stat. Are you ready? You know how uh, no. inside the NBA they have Ernie's Nito stat of the night or whatever it is? You're not going to believe this. This is what Jesse Temple said on the swing with Zach Heilprin. Tyler Wall, who primarily plays around the basket, is 75 of 173 from twos this year. So he's shooting 43% on almost all shots coming right at the hoop. Isn't that bizarre? It's, uh, as far as we know, Tyler Wall, it's very uncharacteristic. Yeah. Um, So Tyler Wall is known, especially for last year as a junior, um, having that, the quick speed, um, and especially the quick pivot, right? He, he's, he's just, he's slimy. Like, he can swing a different way and get that ball in there and usually make makes them. Um, this year, we just haven't seen that from him down low in the post, you know? So, I think that, and I also think that Stephen Crowell has just, he's just. Huge. I, I don't, he's I don't huge. even know what Yeah, he's huge, but he doesn't <laughs> use his size. That's it. That's all he is, is big. He's big. Um, and he has a nice touch on occasion from three. Um, but I, I'm i not overly impressed. I am overly impressed with Connor Asijan, Um And I am overly concerned that he's going to leave. You think he's going to leave? Oh, come on now. I'm, <laughs> don't, don't count it out too much. He is from Fort Wayne, Indiana. Um, and he... Clearly is going to have options, and if he doesn't like his certain situation, he could leave. I suppose he. I suppose he could. Any player could leave at any point. I, I don't know. I'm not going to overly worry about that right now. I don't know if he's gotten to that status where he's so much better than everyone else, where he would have a reason to leave. But we can. Hey, we can monitor it. We'll stick that in the back of our mind. And if this comes to a head, we will revisit, and you will be given all the credit in the world, Mike. Don't worry. I'll remember. <laughs> I hope I don't get credit because I don't want him to leave. Yeah, that's uh, cool. He was our leading scorer last night, and I, I, I like him on the team. So I think moving forward, I think that 
I, I think that they just need to develop very simply, like you stated, um, obviously obvious, but and develop some more talent. No, I got gotcha. you. Mike, I got to take a break because we got to get to Justin, but I appreciate your call. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. See you, Grant. Have a great weekend. That's our friend Mike in Windsor. Yeah, we're just making some obvious statements. I've, I've been a little underwhelmed by the talent. <laughs> no kidding. Wow, Grant, you should start a vlog. Write, write some of those brilliant thoughts down. Yeah, I, I mean, again, I, I was listening to The Swing on my drive to Madison today, and Zach and Jesse have a great podcast, and I was reading The Last Word, also written by Zach. He pointed out, if I can find it, this is great radio, uh, the bench last night for the Badgers, which would fall in his uh, not-so-good department. They barely had any contributions. Well, scoring, they barely had any minute contributions from the bench last night. Carter Gilmore, Jordan Davis, and Kamari McGee. And they didn't do anything. And I can't find the part specifically with the shot attempts in the minutes. But, oh, here it is. Two, that's how many points the Badgers got from their bench with Gilmore providing those with a nice move inside in the second half. The three players that played off the bench, Gilmore, Jordan Davis, and Kamari McGee took a total of two shots and the latter combined to play just 11 minutes. There's not a lot of players on this team, but that's the, that's the obvious observations that you come here for is comments like, I've been a little underwhelmed by their depth. Yeah. Only, uh, only a couple weeks behind everyone else saying that grant. Wow. This is award-winning radio. Let's talk to Justin Garcia He's with the Bucks Radio Network. He's in the building every day. We'll get his thoughts on an, just an awesome game. I don't know if it's a historical comeback. I don't, I don't know if it means anything huge picture other than just an awesome, feel-good, really fun regular season win. And we're going to discuss it next with Justin. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Happy Friday. Never want to miss a Friday show. No games on tonight. We can kick back and relax or do what Ben Kenny was doing earlier today. Watch some golf. Maybe watch some Friday night ESPN. Should be some good NBA games on tonight. And then we can get back into the Bucks tomorrow night. They got the Heat and the Pro Bowl, of course. What would we do without the Pro Bowl? Are we going to watch? I don't hate the idea of flag football. Don't get me wrong. It could be worse. I just don't think I'm going to watch. I never watched the old one. Bart Winkler's favorite thing is the Pro Bowl. Our friend Bart Winkler, maybe we'll have to get him on next week. We could talk about the Pro Bowl. I'm hoping that this is our friend Justin because we were running a minute behind and I said, eh, j- just call me whenever you get a sec. Justin, is this you? This is not Justin. I'm sorry to disappoint. Oh, back up on John. Can I get to you in a bit? Yeah. No problem. All right. Hold on. Justin Garcia. Is that you, our friend Justin? Oh, there you are. Oh, my goodness. Justin, it's good to hear your voice. Justin Bucks Radio Network. He is our jam band correspondent, Justin Jackstraw Garcia. How have you been, Justin? Last night was one of my favorite Bucks games all year. I'd imagine you enjoyed being there in person. Um, yeah, you haven't had uh, very many like that. So we were talking about it before the game. Uh, uh, this is probably something we'll laugh at a little bit from now but like this feels like the biggest game of the year just when you yeah. look at all the other matchups you know the celtics on christmas day we all circled but 
the Bucks were in full strength, and Boston was rolling at that point. And, and you know, the Lakers game was a good game, mm-hmm. but it probably shouldn't have been that, you know, the Bucks <laughs> are just kind of hitting their stride now and getting healthy, and the Clippers are, are basically in the same boat. So it was one that everybody really looked forward to. And uh, up until the final 12 minutes of the game, you thought, man, this kind of sucks. I never wavered. I had a I had a Jim Beam and Coke in my hand, and I was at a, one of my favorite spots in downtown Lacrosse because that's the only way I could stay awake. I didn't want to go out to the bar last night. I, it was my professional duty to stay awake for the game, and that was the oh, one way oh, I. Okay. Are, are we are we doing this too? Of the, the NBA is really killing their fan base. How <laughs> would they do this to the customers? They're driving too late. <laughs> They're driving everyone to drink. I don't mind late night games. You're going to get a couple a year. You don't need to stay up. It's the same when the Brewers play on the West Coast. Like, you don't need to stay up. Now, I will because I'm committed to the bit, and also I don't have to come to work until, like, lunchtime if I don't want to, but that's a whole other thing. Giannis hit a couple mid-range jumpers last night. The The Clippers elected to just have Zubach basically play drop coverage and dare him to shoot, and he knocked a couple in. I'm wondering, you watch Giannis in person, you know, all the time, all these games. You're right there. Do you see his game maybe rounding into form a little bit better because for the first couple months of the season, the shots weren't going down and it was basically just stuff at the rim. Has that started to improve or was that just kind of an outlier last night? Um, the stuff at the rim has started to improve. I think it's still a work in progress with the, the actual mid range and the jumpers. We saw him uh, take one of the, the jump hooks last night and, mm-hmm. and that didn't go down, but that I kind of attribute it to just, the guys he's had on the floor with him that when you look at his numbers and you know, it's funny that a couple of weeks ago, you had people really thumping for Giannis really shouldn't be a starter in the all-star game and, and starting the conversation too of like, is Giannis actually having a bad season? When you look at the, the numbers and efficiency, I think all of that uh, it's, it's fair to say his numbers or his efficiency has not been great this season and he's regressed, but I think all of that is kind of tied to not having Chris for, for all intents and purposes, the first half of the season and you know uh drew had missed some time Giannis had missed some time so it's just it changes everything one by one when you take those guys off the floor and it basically puts everything on Giannis because we've seen everything you missed with Chris Middleton we don't need to go through it again but you know we saw in the playoffs what isn't there the shot creation the shot making getting his teammates involved and just taking that defense and keeping it honest with putting another threat on the floor for, for large portions of this season, really in November and December specifically, I mean, they just didn't have that, where it was just Giannis and Drew, like, hey, guys, go get him. And, of course, that's going to take away from his efficiency. So I, I I don't think it's there quite yet, but I think that's a big part of it. So I'm really curious to see how it starts to, to come into form these last couple months because, you know, as you pointed to, at least he's taking those shots still. Mm-hmm. And you could argue – probably a little too much. He took eight threes last night, but it did for brief portions kind of, I wouldn't say keep the Clippers honest, but it, it planted in the back of their mind. Uh, he's going to shoot. Like we can't just sag off and he's already hit two. So we can't just disrespect him altogether. And that to me was the biggest part was in the first quarter early on, he wasn't really decisive. Um, and, and when you do that, you know, before the game, Ty Lue talked about specifically building a wall, and Kawhi Leonard was on one of the prime examples of that with the Raptors a couple of years ago in the conference finals, and mm-hmm. Clippers just have all these guys that are big wings, and those are the guys that give Giannis the most problems. It's not bigs. He can attack bigs, but it's those big wings, like Kawhi, 
like a Marcus Morris and Paul George, guys that can just stay with him laterally and get into his space and under him that give him those problems. So when you're not decisive and you hesitate, it gives them a chance to recover and build that wall. The last two baskets he made in the first quarter, he just straight line attacked right at Zubats. And that's where you saw, okay, I can get to the basket if I'm just decisive and go immediately. He did that in the fourth quarter to the tune of 20 points, and he did that for large stretches of the game where the narrative flipped of, man, Zubats is doing a really good job defending Giannis to, holy cow, Giannis just posterized him and got him fouled out of the game. Yeah, and I... You know, it was fun watching Giannis in the fourth quarter last night. Earlier in the show, I compared him to a great quarterback that gets the ball late in the game, down six, got to lead your team. Like, Giannis just very methodically just reeled the Clippers in over a quarter and a half. It was never panicked. It was never rushed. It was just this methodical march, slowly but surely eating into that lead. It was, I don't want to say anticlimactic. It was very smooth, and it was uh, uh, it was really fun to watch, I guess, start to finish when yeah, it finally came was, to a head, yeah. There, there, was, there was no feeling of anticlimactic within that uh, arena. Yeah. That it was still a, a nail-biter. Did you... Did you reference a quarterback specifically? Were you talking uh, Aaron Rodgers or more Tom Brady? No, I, I actually said Brady and Mahomes. That's not to exclude Rodgers. Wow. But Rodgers, wow. look. Not even Joe Burrow. But but Rodgers, he's done it with the explosive play, like that throw to Jared Cook. And, like, he'll he'll hit these unbelievable Hail, Hail Marys. With Brady and Mahomes, it's like, oh, he's going to get the ball back, and he's going to go boom, 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 drive down the field and score, and it's going to look like the easiest thing ever, right? Like, there was never a doubt. And while Rodgers has led a lot of comebacks, they're not often – I don't want to call them boring because they're not boring, but Rodgers always has that one huge, explosive, flashy, crazy play. Some of these quarterbacks, it's just so smooth, like they're slowly reeling in a fish. Yeah, no, that's that's uh, that's pretty accurate. Also, uh, because I was so dedicated to watching this game, I had I had to go to the bar, and it was on mute because the touch tunes was really rolling last night, and so I, I I missed out on the atmosphere, which is why you're here because you can attest to what the arena was like last night. Uh, and you will be in the arena tomorrow night as well. I'm going to try to come to this game, Bucks Heat, tomorrow night. I hope they clap the heat. I would very much enjoy that. Let's talk about Wesley Matthews really quick. One of my favorite NBA things from the last couple of years, even though I don't really love Draymond Green, he once said that there are 82-game players, there are 16-game players. Wesley Matthews, Justin Garcia, is a 16-game player, right? Like, that's the definition of a 16-game player. Yeah, and I think that's you know really what we've seen the last month where – there's a lot of instances where you look at the game and you'd, you'd say, like, why, why didn't Wesley Matthews play? I think part of it, and they have kind of addressed this and talked about it a little, is uh, it, it's it's far more important to have Wesley Matthews fully healthy and available for you in May, and we hope June, than it is November and December. So you're going to give him a lot of time off throughout the season, but it's no surprise at this team. And, you know, going back to what we said with Giannis' efficiency, the personnel on the floor that it, it doesn't and a lot of times make a lot of sense to burn some of those minutes for Wesley Matthews in a game against the Pistons or yeah. in a game where you have guys on the floor that that's not going to be groups he plays with in the postseason. So I think with George Hill to a lesser extent too, I think you're seeing the same thing. And now that we're, we're getting to some of those matchups on the schedule and this team is healthy, you're seeing them used quite a bit more, but man, this is uh at least the last two games where Wesley Matthews made a huge impact defensively. And, you know, a lot of his stuff is going to be matchup based because at this point in his career, he's more of a three, four than he is in the past where he was a kind of a wing guy and a two. He could defend threes yeah. and some fours. 
he can take on bigs more so now and, and not so much guys in the backcourt depending on on who it is but a lot of his stuff is going to be matchup based and you know Kawhi Leonard is one of the ideal types of matchups for Wesley Matthews that there aren't very many guys that can be just as physical with Kawhi in this league and the Bucks had two of them last night in Wes and Drew Holiday it was so fun watching them exchange Drew Holiday to Wesley Matthews because it was very clear that Kawhi wanted Wes over Drew and then in the post game Drew basically saying no have fun go ahead you want to go against Wes yeah. yeah I'll switch this off go ahead and Wesley Matthews just dogged him on that final possession. We're talking with well, Justin and, Garcia, and continue, Justin. I mean to cut you well, off. Well, no, I was just going to say, so our vantage point is flipped this year where we're on the other end of or other side of the court now, so it didn't register until I saw the actual TV replay earlier today. But, you know, when, when Kawhi went up for that shot, that was like PTSD if you're a Sixers yep, fan for yep, that shot. Because it was the exact same spot, and I remember – it was flipped, so it was, like, basically right in front of us. And I remember thinking, oh, man, that was, like, the other end of the floor where he took it. And then you remember, oh, no, I'm looking at it from the other end. And when you saw the replay, like, wow, that was the exact same shot he took against uh, Toronto or against Philly, basically just, uh, what, two steps further back that time. Also very similar to the Sam Decker shot at the state tournament for uh, for our more Badger-inclined uh, basketball fans who are listening. You know, cut from the same cloth, fade away in the corner or close to the corner, um, here, pick your own adventure. I want to ask you one more basketball question before we do music for two or three minutes at the end. Would you rather talk about Jay Crowder, just in general, Kyrie Irving? I don't really want to do the Bochamp thing. It's kind of played out. Would you rather talk about the, the potential of the Bucks trading for Jay Crowder or the league-wide implications of Kyrie Irving requesting a trade? Um, well, it's... I, the, I'll, I'll just say the, the Jay Crowder thing, I think... I guess I'm in the minority. It's it's funny how much everything is flipped of early in the season. Everybody wanted him. Mm-hmm. And now it's, well, this guy hasn't played all year and he's this old. Like everybody that wanted him before has done a complete 180. I tend to believe the, the, the full year or half year off is probably good for him. Like yeah. look at what it did for Andre Iguodala a couple of years ago. Um, so I think he's going to be valuable wherever he ends up. The reporting as of today, makes it sound like it's not going to be Milwaukee. And it's kind of tied to the Kyrie thing because, you know, (laughs) Kyrie going nuclear and requesting a trade just as it seemed as though the Nets had turned everything around and had become one of those teams you have to be concerned with in the East, it may actually be tied to Jay Crowder because uh, the Nets, at least in my understanding, are not looking to rebuild. Like, you have Kevin Durant, so they still want to win. So Lakers, everybody's going to link Kyrie to that. First of all, the Mets, they owe Kyrie nothing. They don't have to facilitate a trade to send him where he wants to go at this point. It's, I hey, I want to go to the Lakers. Okay, good luck with that. You can do it in the offseason. So they're going to want something that helps them win this year. Lakers don't have that, where you can say, we'll give you those two draft picks. Great. Kevin Durant's going to be gone by then. We've given up all of our other draft picks. We're probably going to be bad when that comes around, so we'd rather not do that. And that's where the Jay Crowder thing gets interesting because there's more and more smoke now around, well, Phoenix kind of makes sense for Kyrie Irving because the Suns, same boat as the Nets. They don't want to rebuild. They want to kind of retool on the fly, and you could do some deals with those big contracts like Kyrie and Chris Paul. Jay Crowder would probably be involved with that, so – there's just so many layers to this Kyrie Irving thing, and it's just 
it's unbelievable how many things, when you look at the tenure, the very short tenure of Kyrie Irving in Brooklyn, how many twists and turns there have been. I remember earlier this year we were saying we have to take them seriously until they give us a reason not to take us not to take them seriously. Well, here's the reason. It was all going well, and then Kyrie's like, I don't, I don't want it to be going well anymore. Justin Garcia, our jam band correspondent, uh, you tell me that you have an album or a show that you'd like to recommend. I have one as well. Uh, I will give mine very briefly. It's actually a Bruce Hornsby album. I'm into I'm into Bruce right now. I think of all the the piano men of of that era, he gets a little slept on after Elton John. Billy Joel. Nobody talks about Bruce Hornsby, and you know, for some reasons I get it, but very good album. Here come the Noisemakers. Live selections from 98, 99, and 2000. Outstanding. I've been uh, very much enjoying it. So that is mine. Okay. Um, so I actually lied. I told you, well, I, I can give it anyway, uh, but I told you, <laughs> actually, I haven't been listening to, not that I stopped, but I haven't been listening to The Dead or uh, Goose as much recently as I have Wilco because uh, that's another one of my favorite bands. And uh, me and our, our radio engineer, the Bucks, are going to go to a show in Chicago this spring. So I've been listening to them quite a bit more. My one recommendation for them is, uh, and I think it's, they have a, an archive of their own. Otherwise, this one is pretty readily available on YouTube or elsewhere. But they played a show in Eugene in 2003 and it's one of their best shows ever i think it was actually labor day it was early september in oregon and it was right after uh yankee hotel foxtrot came out right after they replaced two members of the band and started to shift their sound into really what it is now um it was a long one about three hours long they previewed some stuff from the new album that was still about 15 months away from being released, a ghost is born. And I think universally you'll see people say that tour in general, but that show in Eugene was one of their best. I'd also be remiss because this probably completes my route, my Mount Rushmore favorite acts. If oh. I didn't mention today is the 25th anniversary of one of my favorite albums being released by one of my favorite bands. And that is yield by Pearl jam. Oh. Um, they played and now it's slipping my memory, but it was in the late 90s. They played a show in Chicago, and it wasn't at Soldier Field. They were playing at Soldier the next day, and they played a smaller show the night before where it ended up being about two hours, and I think it was 98. I think it was September of 98. Um, and the first half of the set was all just rarities and acoustics, and it was incredible. It was basically MTV Unplugged 2.0, and then they went into an up-tempo set list after that. And there's a lot of covers, too. Uh, Soldier of Love, which they played Ooh. quite a bit in the late 90s. If you're a Pearl Jam fan, that was one of the first times they played it. I don't even know who did the original. It's been covered by everyone. But it's one of my favorite versions of that. And it was uh, right around the time that Yield was being released or yield had just come out um right around that but today 25th mm. anniversary of that album being released which uh, if you're a pearl jam fan will not make you feel old at all <laughs> i was my 25th birthday is coming up in a couple of weeks i was like 98 <laughs> 25 what are you talking about? oh yeah it has been 25 years. i was listening to uh, yeah. i don't listen to a ton of pearl jam i was listening to jeremy earlier today which again it's kind of funny to bring up pearl jam because yeah, i don't I mean, often listen were, they were probably like my first favorite band that I really got into because uh, I'm I'm quite a bit from the sound bit older than you. 
and um, I was a teenager when Yield came out. So, like, I loved Pearl Jam in the mid to late 90s. And I actually am one of the, the few that I really like. The, uh, they're, like, mid-period stuff. So, like, Yield and Riot Act is another one that came out mm-hmm. in 02, I think. Uh, that is absolutely one of my favorites that nobody listens to. The early stuff is good, too. I'm not going to say it isn't, but... Psychology, Yield, and Riot Act are probably my three favorite albums. Justin, I got to get a break in. I appreciate you, and I'm at the Bucks game tomorrow. I will look you up. I'm going to play you off with your anthem, Tennessee Jed, Europe 72. I appreciate you. (laughs) Justin Garcia, Bucks Radio Network. Appreciate his time and his recommendations. I might tweet those out. I'm going to have to listen to some more Pearl Jam. Let's take a break, come back, wrap up hour one of the Wisco Sports Show next. Cold and shackles. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Fins up. It's Friday. Man, we haven't even touched the buffet yet. We were talking Pearl Jam, Wilco. I need to get into Wilco. I learned Goose's entire discography in like a month because Justin recommended him last time he was on. And I really like him. But when Justin recommends music, I'm like, okay, well, now I got to, you know, I'm always trying to meet my guests in the middle. You know, I want to get on their level. So now I got to learn Wilco. Pearl Jam might be tougher. That era of music, I just, it's not that I don't like it. I, I can't connect with it. I haven't found a way yet. I'm going to keep trying. Let's talk more Badgers basketball, more Bucks. Both teams had important wins, differing levels of quality perhaps last night. Maybe. I don't know. I'm not looking to poo-poo the Badgers win today. Beggars can't be choosers. It's Friday. I'm in a good mood. I'm not nitpicking. Hour two of the Wisco Sports Show next. Next.